Holy Father in heaven, blessed be your holy name for the privilege of life that you've given to all of us who are listening right now. We thank you, Lord, for providing for us and giving to us the basic necessities that we need to sustain ourselves. Blessed be your holy name, O Lord. Please make us instruments of honor and glory unto your name in this sin-leading world. We pray, Lord, that we shall be reflectors of the image of Jesus right now on this earth. We ask, Lord, that as we fellowship with you, as we have this devotion that you grant to us the gift of your Holy Spirit, grant to us wisdom, grant to us understanding, and help us, Lord, that the things we will learn will so transform us that we will become more like you. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, September 30. A True Witness John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true, and many believed on him there. John chapter 10 verse 41 and 42 In the announcement to Zacharias before the birth of John, the angel had declared, He shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Luke chapter 1 verse 15 In the estimation of heaven, what is it that constitutes greatness? Not that which the world accounts greatness, not wealth or rank or noble descent or intellectual gifts in themselves considered. It is moral worth that God values. Love and purity are the attributes he prizes most. John was great in the sight of the Lord when, before the messengers from the Sanhedrin, before the people and before his own disciples, he refrained from seeking honor for himself but pointed all to Jesus as the promised one. His unselfish joy in the ministry of Christ presents the highest type of nobility ever revealed in man. Aside from the joy that John found in his mission, his life had been one of sorrow. His voice had been seldom heard except in the wilderness. His was a lonely lot, and he was not permitted to see the result of his own labors. It was not his privilege to be with Christ and witness the manifestation of divine power attending the greater light. It was not for him to see the blind restored to sight, the sick healed, and the dead raised to life. He did not behold the light that shone through every word of Christ, shedding glory upon the promises of prophecy. The least disciple who saw Christ's mighty works and heard his words was in this sense more highly privileged than John the Baptist, and therefore is said to have been greater than he. It was not given to John to call down fire from heaven, or to raise the dead as Elijah did, nor to wield 
Moses' rod of power in the name of God. He was sent to herald the Savior's advent and to call upon the people to prepare for his coming. So faithfully did he fulfill his mission that as the people recalled what he had taught them of Jesus, they could say, All things that John spake of this man were true. Such witness to Christ, every disciple of the Master is called upon to bear. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is A True Witness. I remember a time when I was preaching about what it means to be a prophet and I took it upon myself to ask the audience, who do you think is the greatest prophet? And I said, think about all the prophets you know and do you know that there was not one of them that mentioned John the Baptist. People mentioned Elijah. To the best of my memory, I can't remember anyone. I know that if there was any, maybe just one person. And people mentioned Elijah. And I'll ask them why. They'll say, oh, he commanded fire from heaven. And others will say Moses. And others, Elisha. And others, Jeremiah. I believe these were the prophets they mentioned. They didn't mention Isaiah or the other ones. Mostly it was about Elijah, Elisha, Moses, Jeremiah. Yeah, I think somebody must have mentioned Daniel. And this just goes to show how far our thoughts are from God's thoughts. When God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. It just goes to show us how we must rely on the word of God and listen to God rather than forming opinions for ourselves without listening to him. Assuming that, oh, for sure it must be this or that. You just like Samuel when he was sent to anoint a king in the house of Jesse. When he saw the first son of Jesse, Eliab, he was sure that this is the one. But God told him, not him. When he saw the next one, Abinadab, he said, this must be him. He said, oh, yes. God said, no, not him. And he saw Shammah. God said, not him. And he saw three more brothers and God rejected all of them. And God chose someone who Samuel would never have thought was going to be the man after God's own heart. Like I said, it only goes to show how we should rely on God to make our opinions, to define things. Even mere words, if you ask now what is the meaning of love, and you give your definition and check the word of God to see how God sees love, you will see how so far our thoughts are from his thoughts. So that's one thing we should remember. John the Baptist, when he was born, his father finally spoke because when Gabriel came to announce to Zechariah that he will have a son and he was a very old man. Zechariah said, how will I know that this thing you are saying is going to come to pass? Gabriel had to rebuke him because Gabriel was an angel. It's already a privilege for Zechariah to be seen an angel and here he was doubting the angel and Gabriel said to him, I am the angel that standeth in the presence of the Lord. From henceforth, you will not be able to speak. You won't be able to speak till that day when Jesus, when this child will be born. Who knows what Zechariah would have been able to say if he was allowed to speak. For the next at least nine months, Zechariah could not speak one word. Not one word came out of his mouth again. Everything he could say would have to be in writing. I just imagine how that would be people coming to him and Zechariah was saying absolutely nothing for nine months at least. 
it was supposed to be a sign since you said you wanted a sign then a sign was given and i'm sure this sign was have been marvelous to behold all his family members his relatives they would be wondering what is it with, with zechariah and zechariah cannot tell them he can only write and that day when the child was born they wanted to give him a name according to his ancestry because he is from the priestly lineage they would have said maybe things like aaron miriam moses those were f- people from the tribe of levi they could have called him levi or any of those names or those names like nadab abihu eli those are people from the tribe of levi especially aaron's family he was from aaron's family but god had said no his name would be john you know the word the name john comes from mostly the tribe of judah when you see people like jonathan jonadab johanan they are mostly from the tribe of judah or benjamin any of those two judah and benjamin you hear them answering those names and that was what the, they gave him as a name and finally zechariah was able to speak but the words zechariah speak contains the job description and the identity and the true mark of a prophet if there is anyone that was a prophet as we have seen in previous devotions john the baptist is the chiefest of them so if you want to know how to identify a witness a true witness a true prophet of the lord then studying john the baptist will be the best thing for us what was the job description of john the baptist what was it that he was going to do that made jesus say this man he is the greatest of prophets not elijah not enoch not moses not daniel even daniel the excellent man not even him john the baptist let us read why john the baptist is the greatest of prophets so that we can understand because god jesus said that we can even be greater than john the baptist so let us hear what zechariah said about him looking from looking at luke chapter 1 from verse 67 it says and his father that's john's father zechariah was filled with the holy ghost and prophesied saying blessed be the lord god of israel for he hath visited and redeemed his people and had raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant david and he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets which have been since the world began that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath which he sware to our father abraham that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life amen so here it is that Zechariah was recalling the prophecy given to Abraham, which is the same prophecy given to Adam, that there will be a deliverance from sin, deliverance from our enemy. And now, in verse 76 down to 80, Zechariah proceeds to give us the job description, what it is that made John the true witness, the greatest of all prophets. Do you want to know what it is? Join me as we read it. He says, And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest why for thou shalt go before the face of the lord to prepare his ways to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our god whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us 
to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace amen what were you expecting to hear thou child shall command fire from heaven or you will write many books or you will cause the dead to be raised or you will heal the sick and make the lame to walk and cause the blind to see and make the deaf to hear or you will speak prosperity into the life of people and you will make the poor to become rich nothing like that simply what made john great is not about calling down fire from heaven and writing great books or even having a lengthy ministry or having association with the so-called great men of the world or having an education that makes him a professor or a doctor or having the bachelor's in this degree or in that degree none of these things but simply to show you what god is mostly interested in God says the reason why this child will be great is because he will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways and especially to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. In other words, this man is going to be preaching repentance from sin and righteousness towards God and he will give light to all who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and guide our feet in the way of peace. That is it. But as opposed to John the Baptist, there are false prophets today, false witnesses. And God says that they will do the opposite of what John did. In the book of Deuteronomy 13 from verse 1 to 5, God said, Prophets or interpreters of dreams may promise a miracle or a wonder in order to lead you to worship and serve gods that you have not worshipped before. Even if what they promise comes true, do not pay attention to them. The Lord your God is using them to test you, to see if you love the Lord with all your heart. Follow the Lord and honor Him. Obey Him and keep His commandments. Worship Him and be faithful to Him. But put to death any interpreters of dreams or prophets that tell you to rebel against the Lord who rescued you from Egypt where you were slaves. Such people are evil and are trying to lead you away from the life that the Lord has commanded you to live. They must be put to death in order to rid yourselves of this evil. Amen. So this is the contrast between the true prophet and the false prophet. John the Baptist is the epitome of a true prophet. And it is not about writing books or commanding fire from heaven or doing any kind of miracle. The mark of a true prophet is exactly what John the Baptist did, devoid of any form of miracle. He did not behold cherubims and seraphims like Isaiah did or see angels like Gabriel, like Daniel did. He did not see cherubims like Ezekiel and saw beings with eyes in the front and in the sides and at the back he didn't see anything like john the revelator no revelation of prophecy nothing like that that is not what makes you a child of god or a prophet it is simply this one thing that was said about john the baptist giving knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of sins through the tender mercy of god and to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death there is one thing the devil will never do for you he may give you prophecies 
he may do miracles. He may make the blind to see and make no mistake. The devil has such powers. He can even cause the deaf to hear and he can command fire from heaven. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation 13, reading from verse 12, 13, he says that the beast that will come, which is from having the power of the dragon, which is Satan, will command fire to come down from heaven and it is no joke. It is true he can do such things. Satan was able to inflict Job with illness and he could have removed it too if he wanted, thereby taking credit for healing Job. Satan can do all those things and false prophets can do it. But one thing the devil will never ever do is to give you life and that is to cause you to come out from your sins. This is the one thing that distinguishes a true prophet and a false prophet. John's ministry was very short, even shorter than that which Jesus had on the earth. He did not write any book like we have said or do it did any miracle. But he turned people away from sin and pointed them to Christ. This is the work of the true prophet. As opposed to this, God is offended with the false prophets who turned people away from his law. Let us read it in the book of Jeremiah chapter 23, reading from verse 13. It says, And I have seen the folly in the prophets of Samaria. They prophesied in Baal and caused my people Israel to err. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem an horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers, that none doth return from their wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. Let me stop so that we take it gently and you understand. Are you listening now? Do you understand why God calls a prophet a false prophet? The reason is because they are not keeping his commandments. They are committing sin. They are telling people to remain in their evil deeds. Verse 15 now says, Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, concerning the prophets behold i will feed them with wormwood verse 16 thus said the lord of hosts hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you they make you vain they speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the lord they say steal unto them that despise me the lord had said you shall have peace and they say unto everyone that walketh after the imagination of his own heart no evil shall come upon you for who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord and hath perceived and heard his word? Who hath marked his word and heard it? Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord is gone forth in fury, even a grievous whirlwind. It shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart in the latter days. Ye shall consider it perfectly. Now verse 21 says, I have not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I have not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel and has caused my people to hear my words, then they shall they should have turned from they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. Are you seeing what God said makes them to be false prophets? If they were truly my prophets, what would they do? they should turn the people from their evil way. They will cause the people to hear my words and turn them from the evil of their doings. Verse 23, God says, Am I a God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off? Can any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him? Verse 25, I have heard what the prophet said that prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. 
How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, which think to cause my people to forget my name by their dreams, which they tell every man to his neighbor, as their fathers have forgotten my name for Baal. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord. Verse 30 Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their thongs and say, He saith, Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them, and cause my people to err by their lies and by their likeness. Yet I sent them not, nor commanded them. Therefore, they shall not profit these people at all, saith the Lord. Amen. Do you hear that? They shall not profit you. Those people who come to tell you, I have seen vision for you. Let me see a vision for you. Pay me some money. Oh, I have seen your husband. He's not here. I've seen vision. Your husband is not here. He's in the US right now. He's in this place or that place. Oh, I've seen vision for you. Your relative is the one causing you to be poor. What is that to John the Baptist? Imagine John the Baptist coming to tell you, I have seen a vision for you. Do you know the reason why you are not making it is because there is this, your friend that has done some charm against you or your mother is the one stopping your progress. What is that to John the Baptist? What is the chaff to the wheat? What kind of false prophecy is this? And I wonder at people that fall for these things. Are you really looking for Jesus or you are looking for another Messiah? The true Messiah comes to take away your sins. And this is where we have a problem. When we have a desire to be delivered from these earthly troubles and not to be delivered from sin, we are not intending to be delivered from sin. Our problem, our chief problem is money. Our chief problem is hunger, poverty. Those are the things we are thinking. Or some of us even have these things already, but we are seeking for power. We are looking for more possessions. When that is your problem, Satan will take advantage of it and he will send false prophets, false witnesses to come and give you lies. But if we have the true witness, he will tell you your sins. Like it was said about John the Baptist, that he would give remission of sins to the people and show them the way of salvation, show them the way of peace. That is what a true prophet will do. But the Lord says to us concerning John the Baptist that he was like a reed in the wind. Looking, look, reading from Luke chapter 7 verse 24 to 28, he says, And when the messengers of John were departed, he began to speak unto the people concerning John. What went ye out into the wilderness for to see? A reed shaking with the wind? But what went you out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they which are gorgeously apparelled and live delicately are in king's courts. But what went you out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and much more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. For I say unto you, Among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Amen. Hmm. He that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. How is that? And God, Jesus said that 
John the Baptist was the greatest of all men. So how can we understand this? It's just like we read in Devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 279, paragraph 3, it says, Aside from the joy that John found in his mission, his life had been one of sorrow. His voice had been seldom heard except in the wilderness. His was a lonely lot, and he was not permitted to see the result of his own labors. It was not his privilege to be with Christ and witness the manifestation of divine power attending the greater light. It was not for him to see the blind restored to sight, the sick healed and the dead raised to life. He did not behold the light that shone through every word of Christ, shedding glory upon the promises of prophecy. The least disciple who saw Christ's mighty works and heard his words was in this sense more highly privileged than John the Baptist and therefore is said to have been greater than he." End of quote. So, John the Baptist not witnessing the ministry of Jesus in that sense is not greater than others. And you who are listening to me now, who have heard the words of Jesus and have been a partaker of him, of the ministry of Jesus, you, if you witness for Christ, are greater. That's what Jesus said. You are greater than John the Baptist. In his own words, in the book of Luke 7 verse 28, he said, But he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So, we need to learn to do this work of being a witness for Jesus. Because in preaching Christ, there is a greater ministry there. It is too many times people, Christians today want to have power. They want to be able to command fire from heaven. They want to be able to heal the sick and raise the dead and think that this is what constitutes greatness and this is what makes us to be highly honored in the kingdom of God. We are mistaken. We need to see things from a different perspective and the perspective is from God's own perspective. Do you want to view things the way God views it? Will you know how God sees things? It is not by the numerous books that people write but it is by that life that has love and purity in it that is how God values people. It is the love and purity and the purity of the motive and the purity of the life and the heart that is what makes you great. As we have seen in previous devotions, how John closed his mind from the mass of the error and the traditions and customs of the teacher of the teachers in his time and then opened it to the wisdom that comes from heaven. That was what made him great. And if you do the same and then cause others to do to hear the words of the Lord, you will be called great. Reading from Youth Instructor, January 1, 1907, paragraph 14, we are told, Those who have really tasted the sweets of redeeming love cannot rest until all with whom they associate are made acquainted with the plan of salvation. The young should inquire, Lord, what will thou have me do? How can I honor and glorify thy name upon the earth? Souls are perishing all around us, and what are you doing, my young friends, to win souls for Christ? Oh, that you would use your powers of mind in seeking to approach sinners, so that you might win even one soul to the path of righteousness. What a thought! One soul to praise God through eternity, one soul to enjoy happiness and eternal life, one gem in your crown to shine forever and ever. But you may be able, by the grace of Christ, to win more than one from sin to holiness, and your reward will be great in the kingdom of heaven.
Through the prophet Daniel, the Lord declares that those who turn many to righteousness shall shine as the stars forever and ever. And I'll stop here. See, this was the work of John. He was turning many to righteousness. And that is what made him the true witness. And we can also do the same work that John the Baptist was doing. Please stop concerning yourself with the ability to speak in babbling tongues that actually mean nothing. And thinking that that is what makes you a child of God and makes you great. Where is it in the word of God from Genesis to Revelation that says that? Did you hear John the Baptist speaking in tongues and going around the streets and shaking his head with his eyes closed and saying things that people don't understand? At best, people would have run away from him if they saw him doing such things. If they saw him sitting down in the buses and just closing his eyes and acting like he's meditating and just saying things that benefit no one. What made him a true witness for God is that he turned many to Jesus and turned them to righteousness by the remission of sin, showing them the way of salvation and brought many to prepare them for the ministry of Jesus. If John did not do what he did, Jesus' work would have been harder. John had done his work so much that even Herod feared him not just feared him in the sense of i'm afraid this man is going to kill me no we read it before that herod loved the message that john was preaching he loved to hear it even the pharisees and sadducees were so touched they realized that their influence was was so reduced because of john the baptist they came to baptize they saw john the baptist and john the baptist told them you brood of vipers who had warned you to flee from the wrath to come so many followed followed john the baptist and guess what john the baptist did all those people that followed him imagine he had so many like so many followers millions of followers do you know what he did he referred all his followers to one person jesus he was not selfish as he got his followers and all his influence he was an influencer that's what john the baptist was he was an influencer a mighty one the greatest influencer in israel at the time the highest and most popular person you hear of jerogan today jerogan the most popular podcaster john the baptist was greater than joe rogan he was getting so much following and what did he do he did not covet his following and keep it to himself all those followers he put on his twitter page he put on his facebook he put on his instagram on his tiktok he put it there behold the lamb all my followers follow him he is greater than myself and having done this after his death everybody remembered that john the baptist and like our key text says for today they said much later in the ministry of jesus they made this statement in john 10 verse 41 and 42 they said john did no miracle but all things that john speak of this man were true and all the people believed in him the more how did they believe in jesus the more john the baptist they they remembered what he said and they said everything john the baptist said about this man was true what he wrote on his twitter page what he said on instagram that short clip that he did on his uh, facebook page all of it it was true about this man even though he did no miracle and jesus work was easier a lot of people were saved because of john the baptist and we may be true witnesses and do the same work and say things in our lives about jesus that people will say these things you said about jesus is true 
Continuing the reading in Youth Instructor, January 1, 1907, paragraph 16 now it says, Upon the youth there rest grave responsibilities. God expects much from the young men who live in this generation of increased light and knowledge. He desires to use them in dispelling the error and superstition that cloud the minds of many. They are to discipline themselves to use them in they are to discipline themselves by gathering up every jot and tittle of knowledge and experience. God holds them responsible for the opportunities given them. The work before them is waiting for their earnest efforts, that it may be carried forward from point to point as time demands. If the youth will consecrate mind and heart to the Lord's service, they may reach a high standard of efficiency and usefulness. This is the standard that the Lord expects the youth to attain. To do less than this is to refuse to make the most of God-given opportunities. This will be looked upon as treason against God, a failure to work for the good of humanity." End of quote. I pray that this treason will not be written against us and it will be, I pray that it will not be said that we failed to work for the good of humanity. We have had enough knowledge and we know a lot. Let us point people to the Lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. With all our influence, with all our followers, with all the likes that we have received, direct them to Jesus. Let us be true witnesses that it may be said of us that all things that we said of Jesus is true, even though we did no miracle or did no mighty works. May the Lord use us as instruments for himself and make us great like John the Baptist. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Father, for the opportunity to be a true witness for you. I pray, Lord, please give us the unction of your Spirit. Grant us that grace, Lord, that will make us to be like John the Baptist, pointing people to the way of salvation, and we ourselves in that way. Help us, Lord, to preach repentance and the remission of sins. Give us the grace, Lord to help those around us to come into a knowledge of the truth that we all may be saved at last. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I feel quite sure if I did my best I could maybe impress you with tender words and harmony A clever But if all I've done in the time we share Is turn your eyes on me Then I feel that what I've been called to do Is someone else I want you to see Will you love Jesus more? His memory Will you remember His face? Will you look back and realize You've sensed His love More than you did before I pray for nothing less Than for you to 
silver and remnants a year from now about the smiles we've shared but above all else I hope you will come to know the father's love when you see the Lord face to face you will hear him say well done you love Jesus more when we go our separate ways when this moment is memory will you